Hello, you're listening to On This Day with Brian Byrne. It's June 4th, 2020. On this day in 1913, the suffragette Emily Davison was hit by King George V's horse, Anmer, after she had walked onto the racetrack during the Epsom Derby. She died four days later. The full-page headline on the Daily Sketch described her as the first martyr for votes for women. Her death was a turning point in the militant fight for women in Britain to be given the right to vote, although it was another four years before that happened. The tragedy also ended a life of determination and militancy which had caused her to be jailed nine times. She went on hunger strike seven times while in jail and was force-fed on 49 occasions in a government-organised procedure which she later described as barbaric torture. Born into a middle-class family in Greenwich in London, Emily had to cut short her studies for a literature degree when her father died and her mother couldn't afford the fees. But she got a job as a live-in governess and studied in the evenings. Afterwards, she achieved a first-class honours in English at Oxford. A degree at her college there was not available for women at the time, but she later graduated at the University of London. By that time she was already a member of the Women's Social and Political Union, which had been formed in 1908 by Emmeline Parkhurst. The organisation used confrontational tactics in pursuit of their goal of votes for women. These included marches on the House of Parliament, interrupting political meetings closed to women, and throwing stones at buildings where such meetings were held. Emily's first arrest in 1909 followed a fracas with police during one of those marches. After serving a month in prison, she came out, as she wrote, fully committed to working in the noblest of all causes. On a second spell in prison in July of that year, she went on hunger strike for the first time and was released after five and a half days, having lost 21 pounds in weight. After arrests in September and October of that year, she used similar hunger strike tactics, but was force-fed for the first time in the latter period. She barricaded herself in her cell to avoid the experience again, but was subdued by means of water from a fire hose. Later she was to successfully sue the prison for the use of that hose. During 1910 she was arrested several times and again was force-fed when she refused food. In 1911, after developing a tactic of burning post boxes, she was again arrested, and following force-feeding of herself and fellow imprisoned suffragettes, she tried to kill herself as a desperate protest to stop a hideous torture. She threw herself from a balcony in the prison, but was saved from death when caught on the edge of safety netting. By this time, her actions had caused a rift between herself and the WSPU, especially the arson on post boxes, which had not been organised by that organisation. She was ostracised by them as a self-willed person who persisted on acting without waiting for official instructions. November of 1912 saw her final arrest, following her attack on a Baptist minister with a horsewhip when she mistook him for Lloyd George. Again, hunger strike, force-feeding and early release from the 10-day sentence. On June 4th, she went to the Epsom Derby with two flags of the suffragette movement. At Tattenham Corner, on the final bend before the home straight, she walked out apparently with the intention of attaching a flag to one of the horses.
She reached for the reins of the king's horse, Anmer, was struck by the horse, which fell, and unseated his jockey, Herbert Jones. Emily was found unconscious, and though operated on at a nearby hospital, she passed away on June 8th. The coroner's verdict was death by misadventure. There were many subsequent investigations and theories which sought to work out whether she had deliberately targeted King George's horse or whether she had been intent on suicide in her cause. After the tragedy, the king wrote in his diary of a scandalous proceeding. Queen Mary's journal described Emily as a horrid woman. Most of the newspapers of the day were unsympathetic, one describing her actions as grotesque martyrdom, another calling her a malignant suffragette, and a third suggested that the resentment of the crowd could have resulted in her being lynched if it wasn't so evident that her condition was already serious. At her funeral on June 14th, 5,000 women and hundreds of men supporters followed her coffin through London. It was estimated that 50,000 people lined the route. The leader of the WSPU, Emmeline Parkhurst, was also to attend, but was arrested on that morning and imprisoned. Emily was buried in Morpeth in Northumberland, where her headstone bears the WSPU slogan, Deeds, Not Words. When the First World War broke out the following year, the British government released all women hunger strikers, declaring an amnesty. Emmeline Parkhurst helped the government to recruit women for the war effort. In 1918, women over the age of 30 with property qualifications were given the vote. In 1928, the age was brought down to 21 in line with the rights which men had. But on this day, 107 years ago, all that was still just a burning wish for the woman who walked into a rush of thundering hooves. <laughs>